Welcome. I'm glad you're here. You're listening to Banjo Chat, where I bring in amazing banjo players and chat with them about their life, their music, their stories, their pitfalls, inspirations, and advice. So join us on this journey into Banjo Chat. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Banjo Chat. I'm Hillary Hawk, and I'm your host. Good morning, good evening. Hope you're getting your dishes done or driving to work or whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. <laughs> I just... um. I just had these like pumpkin seeds and I, I completely burned them and I walked away from the stove and the house is, was filled with smoke. So I'm still recovering from that. That just happened. Had my fans going, everything. But I, I ate a little piece of chocolate, so I'm ready to go. I'm back in the game here. Um, so <laughs> we're here and we're going to do it. Um, and uh, I guess recently, just a little update. It took a couple weeks off. Uh, I went and taught some music at the Bethel Woods Arts Camp in upstate New York. Uh, you might not believe this, but I was teaching rock guitar. It's the first time. Um, oh, and if you don't know Bethel Woods, it's the site of the original uh, 1969 Woodstock Festival. Um, that's where it happened. It's uh, on Yasger's farm. It's the whole thing. Um, it's not actually in Woodstock, New York, but it's in, uh, it's in this field in Bethel Woods. Anyway, I was teaching rock guitar, and I got to secretly slip in a bunch of banjo playing for the kids. So... Um, giving them a little hint of banjo, a little dose, you know, like just kind of like sliding it in with guitar, um, some secret banjo magic. I don't know if they liked it, um, but I, I feel like it all just gets like, you know, it simmers in there for a little while. So uh, anyway, uh, here we are today on the show. I have an incredible guest. I'm super excited. Um, she's collaborating in duos and trios on banjo and with people I consider the best old-time musicians out there. Um, she's playing with fiddler Tatiana Hargraves with Bruce Molsky and I even saw on the socials uh, there's some performances coming up with Nick Garris, the percussive dancer. There's probably a ton of other stuff going on too and I'm just super curious about her life and I wanted to know more. Um, that's the whole point of this podcast is I feel like I'm a little bit out of loop with people that I respect and want to know more about their music. And I, I said, hey, I'm going to take this into my own hands. So uh, the other thing is that this is the first guest on the pod that I've never actually hung out with in person. So this is the first time uh, we may have said hi in passing, but I've never actually sat down and played with her or hung out. So here we go. This is a first for me. And hey, we're just going to go. We're just going to do it. Welcome to the Banjo Chat. Allison DeGroote. Hey, Hillary. <laughs> great to meet you finally. Yeah, yeah, it's so great to have you on here. I'm, I'm psyched. Even if we're just like virtual, like it's it's great to talk to you. It's, yeah. So now, are you currently living in Canada? I wasn't sure that. I know you're traveling a lot, but what's home base for you? Well, I've been kind of all over the place um, since the pandemic, but. Yeah, I'm in Nashville right now. Oh. I'm still a resident of Canada, but spending some time time in Nashville and checking it out. Yeah, it's a little bit, I, I mean, I've heard, I'm, it might be different now, but I've heard it's a little cheaper to be there. Yes, definitely than Vancouver. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm in, I'm in Brooklyn, and everything I do is so that I can stay living in Brooklyn. Like, it's just a hustle, like, you know, all the work and constantly questioning it um and nashville seems like an amazing place to be um every time i visit i have a great time i don't know what's it what's it like down there do you are you enjoying it yeah it's been so great like just with so much isolation in the pandemic and um oh, yeah. yeah i just kind of felt like 
I needed to be here for a while. And so much of um, my musical community is here from, honestly, like from Canada, from my time living in Boston and going to Berklee College of Music and from festivals and kind of all over. There's just like, there's so many friends here and so many people to play tunes with. And I, I love that about it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I didn't realize you were in Nashville. Um, so are you traveling a lot? Like, I know you're in a, a lot of different projects right now. Do you do you accumulate air miles? Are you accumulating <laughs> air miles quite a bit? Definitely. Yeah, I've, I've kind of like another pandemic thing is just like reassessing how much I travel. I was just ah. on the road all the time before. And yeah, I've kind of come to a, a nice spot where being a little bit more selective about when I go out and then just finding the home home time just yeah so nice for working on music and I feel a lot more creative and grounded and like I have a bit of a life outside of just traveling and yeah so I feel like a good balance a lot of like weekend runs and yeah yeah that balance is really important it's easy to kind of feel like you lose yourself a little bit or like or you lose a side of what's the other side, you know, of yourself? You like, you just have this one thing, I feel like. I mean, that's how I'm speaking from my perspective, but that's... No, no, definitely. I thought, like, I just remembered, like, I haven't had this since the pandemic as much, but, like, just going to, like, a new city and just feeling like, mm-hmm. like, you're just such an outsider. You're just looking at everyone, like, you know, I remember just, like, being in a cafe and looking at people, like, you know, friends going for coffee and just being like, oh, they feel like such an outsider like you're just kind of passing through each city every day and yeah it's kind of lonely so feeling better about my schedule these days oh, that's good that's good um I'm gonna ask a couple like banjo questions right off the bat because you know these are these are the questions that are hot on people's minds they want to know these answers um because you're playing a lot okay this is a question that I want to know okay <laughs> <laughs> these are really just my questions uh at this point um how do you maintain your nail? I don't do anything to it. I don't okay. know, like, for the amount that I play, I have never had a problem with my nail, and I literally don't do anything to it. I don't even think wow. about it. That's so annoying and frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do for your nail? Um, oh, yeah, for everyone listening, uh, Allison's a claw hammer player. Um, uh, yeah, I guess we didn't say that, but obviously you're yeah you're playing claw hammer so for my nail I have I I mean I have really weak nails and I've done all the things I've taken the collagen and the vitamins and the the what's that called clear coat yeah whatever um and I even did um the uh what's this called the the silk wrap extension you know where you go to the salon and you get the glue and you get the the acrylic you know a lot of guitarists do that um you know I know I think I might be speaking out of turn here, but I think Tony Trishka did that for a little while. I, you know, he's kind of the one that turned me on to it. Um, and that killed my nail, just killed it. I did it for like 10 years um, and killed my nail bed. And uh, so now I use a, what's this called? The Freedom Pick. What's that called? The Kelly, I think it's called the Kelly Freedom Pick. It's like a little thing that goes over your nail. And that's, that's what I use because I just, yeah, the amount of playing I do, it just goes, yeah, goes right down. Yeah, so that's awesome that you don't have to do anything. Yeah, so cool. Low maintenance. <laughs> I'm a low maintenance person. So. No, I like that. That's <laughs> no, I'm 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 happy for you. Um, uh, so do you have 
different banjos for different projects are you using like one main banjo that you're like that's my that's the one that's the that's that's the girl right there or are you do you have different things different sounds i i mostly just tour i have a william cedars um it's a like 12 inch maple dobson banjo and yeah that one's been feeling really good i i have a romero that i love and Mm. i was most when i got that i was mostly playing in bands with guitar and i love the sound of it but it's not as full and i would definitely love to get another romero with maybe like a dobson tone ring or something fuller but yeah i got this banjo from william cedars and it's just like it's so beautiful and it's so full so i think for me the biggest thing is if there's like guitar or no guitar it makes a big difference for what i need um but i only have three banjos Mm-hmm. So I'm not like a huge, I'm kind of lazy when it comes to like, I don't know, I, I would actually like maybe to get like an old banjo or something, but um, yeah, I'm I'm a little bit lazy with like finding banjos and I don't really know that much about them. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I actually, I really respect that because in my mind, it's like the banjo is a tool like in our hands and it's it's something that has to just work. And if I have something that works, I'm not like shopping around for something else. Like I, I need something that's going to be on stage with me. It stays in tune. It sounds good. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm the same way. I think I'm not like a collector of banjos, but I have the ones that I know are really good. Um, in fact, right behind me, we're on zoom right now, uh, talking, um, behind me I have this like six string banjo and you know and it's it's a guitar it's a it's you know it's tuned to the guitar tuning but um I actually think it's really cool like I'm like I actually really love it and I'm, I'm getting into this weird like six string world where like I'm listening to six string players and there's some really good music out there um anyway uh yeah I think that like like I like having a few different sounds when I'm home too because sometimes just depending on the weather or maybe I've just been out touring with one instrument and I'm a little bit like sick of it. It's, I, I do like having a few options because sometimes if I'm feeling a little uninspired, just picking up a new instrument can kind of like, I don't know, just change my perspective a little bit or just a different feel, a different tone. So, so I'm wondering, how did you learn the discipline of practicing and getting um, to the precision, the level that you're at right now. How did you learn that um, discipline of doing that? Well, I think, I feel like I've gone through multiple stages. Like I start, I started kind of late, like I was 17 when I started. Um, and at first it was just like, I played a lot, but it was just purely like, I never even considered it practicing. I didn't really play music before that. And so, yeah, I think I just, I played a lot, but not consciously practicing and my teacher in Winnipeg um, he's an amazing banjo player named um, Daniel Kulak and he's very technically like amazing he can do a lot of really cool stuff and he writes a lot of cool original music so I think like I sort of started off being really challenged like technically um, and then started coming down to the U.S. and going to Clifftop in West Virginia, a big jamming festival, and started playing with, like, old-time fiddlers. And then I feel like that was kind of, like, a new phase where I was really, like, expanding, I think, a lot of, like, my groove and, um, yeah, just sort of 
stylistically being more, you know, more exposed to, um, yeah, phrasing and timing and that of people who were really deep in, in the old time tradition. And then I went to music school. Um, so I feel like that honestly, like going to music school and I played in a band before that, that toured a bunch. And, um, that was sort of the first time that I like thought about practicing. Other than that, it was mostly, it was just playing for fun really. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I have a pretty healthy relationship with practicing. I, I don't force myself to play if I don't feel like it. And um, sometimes that means like I just got off tour and I literally haven't touched my banjo in a week. I played like tunes for a couple hours with a friend. But then last night I picked up my banjo and started working on stuff. And um, now I feel really excited about it. So I've just kind of, I don't know, I try not to think of it as practicing too much. And I try to just keep inspired by, um, by working on stuff that I'm going to be playing with other people for projects or things that I'm interested in. Um, and just not forcing myself. I, I, I love playing music so much and I don't want to like ruin it for myself (laughs) by doing things that I don't actually want to do. That sounds really healthy. Um, are you are you writing your own tunes? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've been writing a lot in the past like year. And then, does like the project based kind of playing? I mean, I'm thinking like project like you're playing with Tatiana. Like, does that inspire you to to yeah, write tunes? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm very influenced by the people that I I play with. I'm doing um, a gig in January with Liz Carroll. Who's for those of you that don't know Liz Carroll, she's just an epic. Irish fiddler lives in Chicago and I listened to her music so much when I was getting into traditional stuff um but yeah I've just been like working on some of her tunes and then I've been even just in the past well yesterday just starting to write some tunes just thinking about her playing so I definitely get really inspired by the people that I collaborate with and I feel like it it makes new ideas and textures and stuff that I want to work with yeah that's really exciting um yeah, that kind of leads into this question that I had for you. Um, do you ever listen to people, other banjo players, and just and copy what they're doing? And is there someone that you imitate? Um, how? And then going off of that, how do you stay grounded in your style? I try to imitate people. I don't think I'm very good at it. Like some people can just like listen to a recording and like. I don't know, just get all the little nuances. And I feel like that's like a struggle for me. So I try to get in there and and get as much details as I can. But um, I feel like I just end up not being able to anyways. So in that, I kind of end up with my own thing. Um, but I, I've been, the banjo players that I've like dug into the most and learned like a lot of their repertoire is um, Fred Cockrum, um, round peak banjo player North Carolina and just a lot of his like single string stuff and like roll patterns and slides and just sort of the freedom with the time I feel like I've yeah kind of learned a lot from his playing and just like love it so much and then also um Hobart Smith another Virginian banjo player and uh his playing is a lot more like I don't know, it's just sort of aggressive, aggressive, sort of chaotic feeling rhythm that I also just love so much. So yeah, I feel like those are the two banjo players that I've um, sort of 
spent the most time with their recordings. Yeah, they're really great to listen to. I listen to them a lot too. Um, yeah, it sounds like you've really immersed yourself in banjo, and you know you go to the festivals and you you went to the jams or you still go to the jams and really just like dove in. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> I got pretty obsessed for sure. Yeah, like I think that's what happens with banjo. Um, strangely enough, um, I don't know. Like I, I think like in terms of like copying and imitating I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast but I'm really into not being like a replicator not I'm, I wouldn't say I'm not a replicator but I think you learn from the, the the old the legends or whatever and then you you have to take it to your own place and um uh so yeah I get what you're saying like yeah imitation can only go so far I feel like for myself as like a musician I need to cre- I need to make it something else or I don't feel satisfied um, just replicating or something, you know? Yeah, it's I just think it's so hard to like I listen. I literally there's people yeah. that can just do that so well. And like my brain just doesn't work like that. Like I can't replicate things the way that other people can. Yeah. So it's just yeah. it's a different. Yeah, it's a different skill. It's a different thing. And yeah. Like when people sound like the old recordings and stuff, it's like, it's like, how did you do that? I know. Like, what, like what's, what are you tuned to? Do you have like the, the goat skin head? Like, which geez, Louise, like it's, I, you know, it's like everything like that goes into that. Yeah. I really wanted to take like a, a dive into your music. Um, and I guess specifically, you know, you, you have a bunch of projects and I know you play with Bruce Molsky and the, um, Molsky's Mountain Drifters, um, but I, yeah, I thought about listening to you and Tatiana's band, um, your duo, and checking out some of that. And we can listen to a little of the Molsky Mountain Drifters too. But yeah, I just, there's something that's very creative about this project um, that I'm really enjoying. Like for the past week, I've had it in the foreground and the background and listening on my drives. Um, I don't have a car, but I was borrowing one. Um, so yeah, let's. I won't. I won't say more. Let's listen, and then we'll talk about it. Um, I think I'd like to start with this tune. Um, oh yeah, we're gonna listen to the album Hurricane Clarice. And while I was driving, this is like perfect driving music. It's hypnotic. It has like this the this like folk minimalist thing. I think this is what you call it. Like it's like a minimalism. Um, this pulsing is patterns. It's like all the things that you love about music in general, not even just old times. So um, the the tune that stood out to me on this, there's a couple, is uh, we're going to do a lot of listening, uh, is Ostrich with Pearls. So I thought we could listen to a little second of it. And, um, and then you could tell us a little bit about this. that I love the sound of that tune it's so amazing um I've never heard anything like that (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about this this tune yeah so the this is a tune that um Tati wrote Tatiana and um it's uh 
It's one that she wrote. There was a, a poster in her college dorm room, and it was just an ostrich with a pearl necklace on. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, inspired by that. And um, there's voices on that recording. And that's this is kind of part of the bigger picture of our album, Hurricane Clarice. But um, we wanted the album to just feel really personal. It was, we recorded it like after not being together for a year and a half. I was in Canada and Tati was in Durham, North Carolina during the pandemic. And we'd been playing a bunch before that. And then we weren't able to be together for a year and a half. And then we got together to make this recording. And we were working with our producer, Phil Cook and um, meeting on Zoom. And he was just really encouraging us to be more personal with, with the music. So you can hear that's um, Tatiana's grandmother speaking about uh, living in Brooklyn and having um, birds in the basement of their their house and um, like yeah, like and then some big bird cage or something, right? Yeah, like it's like a, they made a giant bird cage down there, and then um, that's kind of folklore that that's why their family's early risers. So. <laughs> I know, just we kind of just wove in these family stories and some of the other tracks as well. But and then at the end of that track, my grandmother um, who passed away a couple years ago, and she's um, her voice is on there too. So yeah, so that I like that tune. I I, I love just the tune that Tati wrote, but also um, yeah, it just feels personal and and having our our family's voices on there. Mm, yeah, I love it. So I'm gonna contrast that with. Um, this tune, Wellington. that was Wellington that tune is just unbelievable I um it's like it's the kind of tune that I'm just so happy uh that it exists it's like it makes me it's like the kind of song that you really I don't know if this is old time in general or like this maybe it's just banjo but it makes you think about your life like like you (laughs) it's like I go into this kind of like fugue state and I'm just like thinking about my life like I'm like you know, just pondering all the things that have happened. And I, I don't know, there's something about that tune. And yeah, what, yeah, what's going on with this, this tune? So this is one that I wrote. Um, and yeah, it was just like a melody that I was probably feeling all sad or something. And it <laughs> came out. <laughs> I find when I write tunes, it's, on, it's like I can sit down and try to write a tune and I will never be able to. But if I'm feeling really strong emotions, I'll sit down and it will just come out almost fully formed. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's not very often. Like, I, I don't have a huge uh, catalog of tunes or anything. But, yeah, that's definitely with this one. Um, I think, yeah, I can't remember exactly uh, what I was feeling when I wrote it. But um, Yeah, it's like kind of like a meandering line, like a kind of... You don't know where it's going. It just kind of keeps going and traveling through these spots, and then it hits a chord, and it's like, wow, 
you know, it's really, it's really an incredible tune. And, um, and I feel like you really caught the muse on that one. It's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It was, I, that was really fun about making Hurricane Clarice with Tatiana is we had, we each had a few original tunes and then all the traditional stuff that we do. And at first we were like, I don't think they go together. Like we couldn't visualize how we could put them all in the same album. And then I don't know, something happened and we just sort of could see everything together. And I, I love, um, yeah, it feels so good. Like in our live shows, just mixing our own stuff with traditional, it feels very cohesive and like it sort of opens up, I feel like the traditional stuff and our writing somehow to put them all together. So it's kind of been a new development that I'm really happy about. I'm I'm in full support of that. I truly believe in that. I think it's awesome. I Yeah, I think it's really great. You know, it's like, I just kind of going back to what you're saying about like writing and uh, writing tunes. I think like find like finding that hard spot because like sometimes it hurts to write. Like you, you like you're, you're saying you were sad. Like if you were writing this when you were sad, like sometimes it hurts to like pull that stuff out. And I think that's why finding that spot sometimes happens at like two a.m. or <laughs> after four or not maybe not four glasses, but like after two glasses of wine. I don't know if I could do anything after four glasses. Um, so yeah, there's like different ways to get into that. And it all, it's like, that's the best way. Cause then it's real. Like that song to me feels very real. Like it doesn't feel like you were trying to sound like something. It's cool. Um, so if it's okay with you, I'm going to contrast that with, I think this is a standout tune on that album. This is the one I keep going back to from this album. Um, it is called Nancy Blevins. So I'm gonna play a little of this. This is a traditional tune. Here you go. that was Nancy Blevins that's yeah so that tune um I it's so cool like the 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 way you guys are driving that tune and you're playing is very fast it's very virtuosic um and I guess what I was wondering are you are you guys multi-tracking on this tune at all like when I was listening to I'm like is there a doubling happening what's (laughs) happening here so so we recorded the album in Portland Oregon and we were super happy with how the instrument sound and we did really like there's hardly just maybe a couple edits on the whole album wow. like it's mostly wow. all just live and very yeah just rich sounding acoustic sounds but then our producer Phil Cook um, wanted us to work with um, some uh, some engineers from Asheville North Carolina and it was at Drop of St- Sun Studio mm. and we thought they were just like mixing it and we had these voices that we wanted to include. So then we, we went there with Phil to do the mixing and they had um, 
put a bunch of additional sounds on it. So you can hear it, like you could hear it at the beginning of Wellington. There's kind of some, some other sounds. And that's a a lot of just like uh, the instruments being like synthesized and, and so that they're like art instruments, but they're like manipulated. Mm. So if you listen, if you actually would love to hear that track. Yeah. Yeah. without the banjo and fiddle and because I actually don't really know exactly what is underneath there but there's some layers of other sounds that kind of like there's you can't really hear it unless you hear unless you're listening with like really good headphones but I think it creates like some energy underneath and some like tension but it's pretty subtle um but yeah so there is some there are there is like another track of of like kind of synthesized sounds underneath whoa so maybe we so should just listen to just listen Nancy Blevins again, Nancy like just the again, beginning. Or w- would Wellington be a little? I'm trying to think what has the most. Maybe what? Maybe the intro of Wellington. I think also on um, Hurricane Clarice at the intro, there's... Yeah, no, that's really cool. I'm, like, loving that part of this whole album. Like, it kind of sounds like it's all over it. Yeah, I kind of, I feel like it sort of tied a lot of the stuff together, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so what's, what is your concept? Like, how do you visualize the banjo when you're playing with Tati? Or I guess with anybody, um, or I maybe maybe specifically Tati, because... She's driving it hard. Like her fiddle playing is driving it pretty hard. And I always think of the banjo as the drive, but um, I feel like with your duo, maybe there's like a slightly different dynamic. How do you visualize like the banjo when you're playing with her? It just, I mean, honestly playing with Tati, it's just like wide open. I feel like, and we've been playing together for a while now, so we know each other's playing so well, but it feels like, it feels just very textural and like, yeah, I feel like we really like meet each other uh, in it. And we, it feels very much like, I don't feel like I'm backing her up. And I feel like she leaves a lot of space without, without like dropping out. So it feels really supportive. So I don't know, it just feels like it just feels like a really wide open space to explore a lot of different like textures and sounds. And I feel like I can honestly dr- playing with her. I can draw on like so many different styles of music and different sounds. We both like a lot of other music than old time music. And yeah, it just feels like a, a super creative space. Yeah. Do you listen to old time music when you're not playing it or do you try to take like a little break from it? I I do I listen I do listen to it I listen to like a lot of different types of music. Um, you're like a yeah. music lover. You're a music lover. I'm a music lover. Yeah. 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 That's great. I listen. I'm. I get like really addicted to albums, so I'm kind of ah. like a serial like repeat listener. <laughs> I'll find cool. albums I like and then just like listen to them a million times. Yeah. Um, cool. Well. I did want to take a little listen to, because, you know, I'm geeking out a little bit with banjo stuff here. I mean, obviously, <laughs> this is this is the podcast. Um, that's why we're all here. That's why we're here. <laughs> that's what we want to know. Um, 
Yeah, the first album that you guys made, it's called Alison DeGroote and Tatiana Hardgraves, or no and, just the two names. Um, I love your version of Wabash Blues, and I thought maybe we could just take a little bit of a listen to that and maybe uh, hear about your thoughts about detuning and uh, alternate tunings and stuff. Um, yeah, so here we go. Here is Wabash Blues from your first album. I think it's the first album, right? Am I missing one? Okay, here we go. I just want to guess on Wabash Blues. Are you tuned? Is the fourth string tuned down to a G? An A. Yeah. Let me. I have to remember. I think. What is that tuning? I think it's E on the fifth string. Is that right? E and then A on the fourth string. A on the middle string. So it it has that sound like. Oh yeah, wow. Of the fourth string being in unison with the middle string, and then I think it's C D. So wow. E A A C D. Wow. It sounds to me, and you can totally tell me I'm full of crap but I feel like I feel a Bruce Molsky influence in your playing a little bit on on some of these tunes <laughs> he on that one he showed me that recording ah so I didn't learn it from him but he he did he showed me he was one that sh uh told me to check out Hobart Smith and yeah showed me that tune oh man it's so good that that tune I was like oh we gotta we gotta listen to that on the podcast when I listened to, when I I haven't heard that for a while and we haven't been, it's such a weird tuning that we often don't do it in our sets because it's just like gonna take so long yeah. to get to it but um when I hear that I'm just like oh the Hobart Smith version is so much better <laughs> Oh my gosh, stop it. No, you said it sounds great. But I know what you mean. Like, I I wish it was easier to get into banjo tunings on stage. Like, it's just, it's impossible. Like, I guess unless you're playing solo, maybe. But if you're playing with someone else, it's like, oh, yeah, can't take the time. That's, we spend so much energy, like, just making the set list. But it can also be kind of cool because we'll be like, well, if we're going to go to this tuning, we need a few other things in this tuning. So it can be kind of like yeah. parameters for working up new material too right do you have a favorite tuning i i love like open tunings like yeah i mean double c a g is my least favorite it does the trick but i i don't find it super inspiring in general um i love double c i've been really enjoying like some people call it last chance tuning it's the one that's like double c but the two g's are tuned down to f's so it's f c yeah. f c d and it's really weird for chords, like chords are like bizarre on it, but it has this really cool open sound. So I've been really enjoying that tuning for F stuff. Yeah, that that's my favorite tuning. That's my favorite tuning. Yeah, that's my favorite tuning. Yeah, because there's a Cumberland Gap. It's I think it's Gaither 
I always get this wrong. It's like Gaither Canyon. I think it's Gaither Canyon. He does a version of Cumberland Gap and it's in that tuning and it's, uh, it's so good. So it's, yeah, it's that tune and Last Chance. I that's my favorite tuning. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. So that's that. It's it's, so it's like you can't make that. like yeah. you can't make blocky chords on it, so it's always gonna sound ringy and yeah. slightly yeah. dissonant. And you have but. to be creative. You have to find things on it, that, and everything sounds cool. Yeah, that's a great tuning. Um, so yeah, we've been chatting for a while here, and I'm loving every second of it. I um, I do. I have a question. This is where we get into like banjo therapy. Um, a little bit have have you dedicated your life to banjo and is everything you do related to the banjo um yeah I've definitely revolved my life around the banjo like living in the U.S. and yeah um socially most of my friends are part of the um traditional music scene and yeah maybe I don't want to admit it but yeah (laughs) (laughs) well part two of that is how do you envision yourself like do you see yourself like more I mean I would say probably yes but like more complex than like maybe what is presented out into the world I mean yeah what yeah what is what else do you add into your banjo life? <laughs> I, I do feel like, I, like I've like i come to a place, and especially like the project with Tatiana, where it's like, it does feel, I feel less of like a practitioner. Like I can do these things and more emotionally creative with the banjo mm. in the past few years, mm. which is really ex- exciting. And I feel like like, a, like reading and I don't know, just like life's emotions like I do feel like a lot more connected to those in my banjo playing and less um yeah less just like playing a tune or learning this certain thing and then jamming so that's really exciting and that feels really nice I feel like that's kind of a, a more recent development and um yeah I also just love like I love playing tunes with friends and that's yeah and being in Nashville it's like we're having friends over tonight to play tunes and like I definitely feel like it's it's become pretty far-reaching in most of the elements of my life that's so cool well I feel like um you have a a golden touch like I feel like you uh, have a you, the things that you do, they go well. And I was wondering if you have any uh, thoughts or tips or advice for people out there that are, that are, um, yeah, maybe struggling with not just the technical side, maybe like uh, not even struggling. Maybe they just want to know, like, what do you, what do you do? What do you do to be where you're at? Hmm. <laughs> I don't, I don't know where I'm at, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, where are we? Where I, don't where know. I don't know. I, I didn't know how to phrase that. Yeah, totally no, right. no, that's um, like um, a hard, it's a hard question. I guess, like, yeah, do you have any advice for like how you've, you know, I consider you a successful. I know success is a weird word. I consider you successful. Like the things that you do, they're going well, and you're playing with great people. I mean, we haven't even talked about the Molsky Mountain Drifters at all. Like, and you know, you playing with Liz Carroll and Nick Garris and, um. 
yeah like how did you yeah i i feel like a lot of like i think for a lot of my projects this like maybe some threads in them is just that i'll get interested in something and not necessarily have an outlet for it or like but it will later maybe years down the line like i've been working on irish jigs for like probably five years and I didn't, I was not playing with any Irish musicians whatsoever. And it's like, I was just super into it and thought it was really cool sounds. And then now like, you know, down the road, it's like playing with Liz Carroll, playing on the transatlantic sessions. So I don't know, I feel like, and same with Tati, like writing tunes, I didn't really have an outlet for that. And then now that feels really natural and it's been incorporated. So I think, what keeps me inspired too is just sort of working on things and not necessarily needing an end result for it right away or maybe ever but exploring things without the pressure of like this needs to like have this outcome but just being like okay this is cool let's explore this and then somehow it's going to incorporate itself later on Um, that's kind of maybe the biggest thread between all the stuff that I've done yeah you've kind of followed your path and without pressure uh maybe I'm putting words in your mouth but yeah like following your path yeah I think we're happiest when we're on our path and you just kind of believing believing in it yeah and taking the time to like just to explore different musical sounds and ideas and stuff and yeah is there, we're wrapping it up now. Is there anything that you're excited about coming up? Anything that you want to um, tell us about? Hmm. I don't know. I've got, like, Tati and I have a lot of dates this fall. I'm excited to play some shows. And I don't know. Working on working on the Liz Carroll stuff. That's great. Well, I guess everybody can check it out on uh, your your website, um, www alisondegroot.com and that's a-l-l-i-s-o-n-d-e-g-r-o-o-t.com and I'll put it in the description below yeah the music we were playing today if you want to go check it out it's on alisonandtatiana.bandcamp.com uh, it's all one word Allison and Tatiana uh, and then also I'm just going to link to brucemolsky.bandcamp.com because it has your Molsky Mountain Drifters albums on that too um yeah, anything else? Anything else that you can think of? I, this has been so fun. I don't think... Thank you so much for, like, making this podcast. And, yeah, you're such a great banjo player. So it's really cool to also do this. Well, thank you for being a guest on the chat. I really I really appreciate it. It's been so fun. So, um, all right. Well, that's it for Banjo Chat. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at banjochatpodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on Instagram at banjochat. This episode was engineered, mixed, and mastered by myself. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 If you'd like to support the Banjo Chat podcast, all you got to do is help it along with a little like, a little subscribe, and a little review, and that'll help boost it a little bit so I can keep making these for you. Thanks so much.